fucking kids. Her fucking child. My Lord and Savior! Hello, everybody. Hello, hello. This is uh, Joni and Jory from Crime Crack Podcast. And today we're going to be doing the case of... Tim Bosma. Actually, it's kind of three people all put together, but Tim Bosma is the reason that the other two murders were ever found out. So it's the murder of Tim Bosma, Laura Babcock, and Wayne Millard. That's a rough name. Yeah. Millard. Yes. You're going to hear a lot of Millard lately, so... Oh, But good. Tim Bosma is the reason the other two were found to be murdered. So it's actually Tim Bosma. Oh, okay. What period of time are we in? It is 2006. And they were convicted in July 2012 and May 2013. So we're going to start with some backstory on the two people that killed him. Okay. Dellen Millard and Mark Smith were the two people that murdered Tim Bosma. Mm-hmm. And they're two Canadians. They're from Toronto, Ontario. Together murdered Laura Babcock and Tim Bosma in separate killings. One was on July or in July of 2012. That was Laura. And then Tim Bosma was in May of 2013. Mm. So I'm sorry. It wasn't 2006. It was 2012 and 2013. 2006 may have been when he killed his dad. Oh. Um, they were both convicted of the murders in December 2017 and June of 2016. Uh, Millard has also been convicted individually of the murder in the first degree for the, tw- I'm sorry, for the 2012 death of his father, Wayne Millard. Oh, okay. Which they initially advised it was a suicide. Because it was a gunshot wound to the temple. Wow. Yeah. But you'll find um, Dylan Millard and his family are extremely wealthy. Like, extremely Ooh. wealthy. Yeah. So I believe that this has a lot to do with the reason that he wasn't caught for so fucking long. Oh, good. So because it's just in like in America. Home, yeah, in his hometown of Toronto, they just never would do anything. They mm. never would prosecute. They never would bring it to anything until... Tim Bosma died in a, in a separate part of the country. So then they were like, fuck this. I don't care how wealthy you are. You're going to fucking jail for or this. At the and very then they least, brought charges on all the others. At the very least, it was a different... System? Yeah, an institution. Different... Um, jurisdiction. Jurisdiction, yeah. yeah. And they didn't care how wealthy he was. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They don't care your no. small town politics and, bullshit. Right, right. And I, I was kind of surprised that they have, like you said, quote unquote, small town politics in fucking Toronto. It's mm. a huge city. Yeah. I mean, compared to, you know, no, say yeah. here. Yeah. But it just really blew my mind. Mm-hmm. But so Millard was born August the 30th of 1985, same year I was, to Wayne Millard and Madeline Burns. Wayne was a pilot who worked both Air Canada and Millard Air, an aviation founded by his father, Carl. So it was Wayne's father, Carl, that built this company called Millard Air. Hmm. And they like... Worked really hard and got it really successful and no, it, made a lot Millard, of money. No, it's Millard, not Millard. Oh, I'm sorry. It is. Well, it's, it's the same last name. It is, but it's it's all together, so it makes me oh, say it differently. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's M I L L A R D A I R. Oh, okay. I guess it would be what Dylan Millard Millard Air. I guess. I guess. Yeah. yeah it was just when you put it all together yeah. like that, I pronounce it differently. <laughs> so Burns, which was his mother, was a flight attendant at Air Canada when they met one another because they were both in the same, same saw industry. one another right. Yeah. Millard grew up in Toronto, the only child of his wealthy parents. I believe that's also mm. another problem that Red he has. Flag. Right. Which he gets whatever the hell he wants. Exactly. Um, Millard owned several properties in the Toronto area, including a $1.2 million home, a $500,000 condominium in an unspecified location, and a $2 million residential rental property, and an 
Oh, $850,000, 100-acre farm, and they call it AYR. It's pronounced A-Y-R. Hmm. Or it's spelled A-Y-R. More but it's Canadian like air. stuff. Yeah. Right, and kind of like with the um, air, you know. Yeah. The, I thought that was odd. Hmm. Or coincidental, at any rate. So in May of 2013, he finalized the purchase of a $627,000 condo in Toronto's distillery district. So he owns massive property. Yeah. Uh, he had taken over the family business and worked out of a hangar that was supposed to be a family business that worked on airplanes. But when Dylan took it over, it solely housed his stolen property. It was like a chop shop. Jesus. Yeah. And his expensive toys. He had like go-karts and just crazy shit in so it. So not only did he have tons of money, he also was a fucking thief. Yeah. Well, when he was younger, he was a 14 year old and he was like the youngest person that ever drove or flew an airplane and a helicopter in the same day. He was like on television in Canada. Huh. When he was 14 years old, he was the youngest. It was like the Guinness Book of World Records yeah. type crap. But apparently, like, he just felt super entitled and it just went spiraling downhill from there. Huh. Mark Smitch, which is the other guy that helped him kill all these people, he was born August 13th, 1987. And unlike Millard, his parents were middle class. And he had a, an extensive police record involving petty offenses with, like, drug possession, DUI, criminal mischief, failure to appear, and breach of conditions. Like, I guess it would be like a probation violation type deal. So, typical rich guy in trouble, I don't give a fuck. Well, this is the other guy. He's not rich at all. Oh! That's why he's in trouble, I believe. Oh. You know, because he didn't have the money to get himself out of all these petty things. Yeah. But they said that Dylan you know, in his teenage years, had his own home, like owned his own, well, didn't own it, but, you know, his parents gave him his own home. Yeah. And it was like rife with like, it was like a bachelor pad. They had drugs and he tried to film porn in his father's aircrafts. Wow. I mean, I'm not surprised. If you're a teenager, yeah. you're horny as shit anyway. Yeah, it just makes <laughs> me think of- Especially if you're of, on uh, drugs. You know, the lonely island when there's like, I'm yeah. on a boat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it makes me think of. Wow. But anyway, because I mean, it's just kind of like. Batman if you went the other way. Right. Yeah, very true. Like Bruce Wayne, but Bruce Millard. But, but shit. <laughs> right. But going down the opposite direction. Yeah. So he sold the Mark Smitch. We're going back to him for a minute. He sold drugs and cigarettes for a living. Cigarettes. Really? Probably like when Lucy's he's a teenager? Or some shit? Maybe. I really wish I would have Follow researched that, that part more. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, is it like, does he sell like Lucy's? Like, you know, one out of a pack? Or does he like. Sell them in America maybe from Canada? Maybe, or? Oh, or maybe he's selling to underage. Could be. Okay, I didn't think of that. You're right. Surely that's what it was. He occasionally worked odd jobs in Millard's hangar, you know, the chop shop or whatever. Yeah. And he was one of the ones that were always at Millard's house. He's like a hanger on, mm -hmm. sort of. Yeah. Um, I think that Millard tolerated him because he helped him do illegal shit. Yeah, he's probably trying to earn his spot there. Right. And he's like a rapper. Okay, let's just ignore that 100%. Well, I would, except for that it. after they killed Laura Babcock, he made a rap about it. And they still didn't arrest him. Jesus Christ. He made a rap about killing Laura Babcock. Anyway, that just uh, wow. drives Talk about me absolutely insane. Confession. Right? And then the police are like, oh, well, that must just be coincidental. What kind of retarded police do they have? Anyway. No, no, you, you did it wrong. Oh, that must be coincidental. Right? I... <laughs> what a boot this makes any sense um <laughs> excuse our terrible yeah we're doing south park canadian yeah that's, canadian pretty, that's pretty much what we pull from everything it is so as far as millard and smitch they were introduced around 2006 that's where i got the 2006 oh. okay so other friends described their relationship as initially one-sided mark smitch worshiped millard 
but Millard hated him. Mm. You know, like one of those hangers on that's just yeah. really annoying. Yeah. By 2011, they had grown closer, and in 2012, Smitch and his girlfriend Marlena moved into the basement suite of the Millard family house. That had to be annoying. And they also said, just on a side note, that Millard had this yellow and black toolbox Mm -hmm. that he kept drugs in always. That was like his drug toolbox. Yeah, yeah. Just on a side note, which, I mean, I guess it locks Mm -hmm. and you could carry it around. But anyway, that's the first place anybody can look for valuable. So I think that's pretty fucking stupid. Well, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Around the same time in 2012, Millard began to arrange for Smitch and other friends to accompany him on what he deemed, quote, missions. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're nighttime outings that they would steal things such as bobcat construction equipment, lawnmowers, and other things. And then they would take into this hangar and, like, hide them. So nobody That makes could me find think them. of, like, the Manson family when they go creeping. True, yeah. And it's just, I don't know, some rich kid being a jackass. Yeah. It just is super annoying. Yeah. Late night escapades. Right. Like, ooh, missions. It sounds like a, like high schoolers. Or yeah, some like shit. kids playing a game. Yeah, it absolutely does. And strictly, they called that this was the, they did it, clearly he didn't need things for the money. They did it for the yeah. thrill of it. Yeah. And I guess since things escalated, then they would have to like raise the bar higher and raise the bar higher. Yeah, it was and just like a drug higher. addict. Right, exactly. And clearly they were that as well. Oh, yeah, that too. And then you kind of draw the line further and further out with what you won't do. Like you draw your line in the sand, well, I'll never, you know, shoot up. And they're like, well, I'll do that, but now I'll never do, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Prostitution. And then you just go further and further. Yeah. So friends said that Smitch, like I said, was a hanger on as one of the people that hung around Dellen because of his drugs and money solely. And because I guess it made him feel... Important. Right, right. Needed or whatever. Yeah, a Dylan part of something. Right, right. And a part of something that he thought was... Cool. Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Because he was, you know, rich and shit. Something he wanted to be, I guess. Yeah. Dylan Millard and Mark Smitch have then later been found guilty of first-degree murder in the killing of Tim Bosma, a 32-year-old father who disappeared May the 6th, 2013, after leaving home. And I'll tell you the story in just a minute. They had planned for a year for this crime. After their missions, like I said, they wanted to, you know, raise the bar further and further. The disappearance made headlines across Canada and sparked a massive week-long search involving more than 100 police officers. Jurors heard testimony from more than 90 witnesses, including forensic experts, who said the slain man's blood was found throughout the truck and outside of a a piece of heavy equipment, which I'll tell you about, which was found on Millard's farm near Waterloo, Ontario. Okay, so that's kind of some backstory. On the day of May 5th, 2013, Tim Bosma and his wife Charlene, they had like a two-year-old child at the time, or maybe 18-month-old child at the time. They had posted a truck for sale online somewhere. Yeah. So they got these this person who, it was Dell and Millard and Mark Smitch, mm-hmm. they had gotten a burner phone. Jesus. Uh, under a fake name. Yeah. And they had called Tim Bosman and said, I'd like to come and, you know, test drive your truck. And he said, okay, yeah, that's fine. So they waited and waited on May the 5th. And around 920, they see two people on foot walking up the driveway. And they also had a friend over. And so Tim Bosma asked his wife, Charlene, like, should I still accompany them? Like, even though they're so late, should I still go with them on the test drive? And she said, yeah, of course, we want the truck back. Yeah. She she would really, really eat those words later. She mm. was really going to hate telling him to do that. Guys, if you're going to sell something online, Craigslist or Facebook or whatever, take a gun. And if there's two people, don't go with both of them. Say, you stay here. I'll take your friend for a test drive. Yeah. 
and leave your it's wife okay and his to, friend home with a gun as well. Yeah, it's okay to tell him I'm not comfortable with that. Right. Or how about you come back tomorrow during the daylight with one of you and I'll let you oh, test so drive it. Oh, so it was it. nighttime. Yeah, it was 9.20 they were that p.m. Late. Oh, yes. damn. It was dark and suspiciously walked up on foot. Yeah, no. So then <clears> the <throat> reason, I guess because they had asked him about it, like, why? where the hell is your car? You know, you didn't walk all the way from Toronto. Yeah. And they said, oh, we had a friend drop us off. So, I mean, I guess you Where, could... Where, a block away? <laughs> yeah. I guess you could rationalize that in your head. Like, well, maybe they want to test drive and buy the truck. And if you really... Because you, your mind is not going to go to, they're going to murder me. Yeah. It's not. You're going to think of every logical thing before that. But my first thing is, like, that's shady. That feels like what drug addicts would do. Very true. Yeah, it, it, Like, you come truck. up late. Yeah. You come up... But then, on the other hand, okay, they go in and they introduce themselves. Well, they didn't say, hi, my name's Mark Smith and Della Millard. Yeah. But they speak with Charlene and they smile at her and, and talk to her and do niceties with her. So she's seen their faces, both of them. Mm. So in my mind, if that were me, I would think, well, hell, they're not going to do anything. I have seen them. Yeah. Well, that may not matter if they kill you. <laughs> True. But, I mean, they didn't kill the wife and she still saw them. Mm. You know, even though it was dark and stuff, but yeah, if it's shady, because you're gonna it. you're gonna rationalize it in your head. And if you really need the money too, very true. Yeah, because apparently the truck was becoming a money pit mm. that they were having to put. They had just put a transmission in it, so they needed oh. to get this money pit. It was a diesel Dodge. Let's see, I think it was black, thirty five hundred Dodge thirty five hundred, like that you could pull trailer with and, and stuff. Oh, and apparently yeah. that's one of their uh, Dylan Millard's things is he was into racing and they would trailer this vehicle. I, I don't remember if it was a go-kart or car or what it was, but they would trailer it and they needed a truck and they haul for the trailer. It, yeah. Right. Because the truck they had used the previous year, it was a gas truck yeah. and it just cost way too much money for gas and your diesel yeah. cheaper. And you know, the 3,500 would have a tow package that you could anyway. Yeah. Before Dylan and Mark test drove Tim Bosma's car, he actually went to other places. One other place was this guy who had been in the military somehow or other. And he had said, it was the, I believe it was the Iraqi army. Mm. And he said, what did you do there? And he said, uh, you don't want to know. And so this guy was a big guy. And these two guys are on drug skinny little yeah. scoundrel guys. So they're so, like, okay, let's not fuck with this I believe guy. so. Yeah. I think they just went ahead and left and said, you know, I don't think we can get away with it with this one. Then they went to chest drive another car, a truck rather. And this guy was asleep and did not answer his phone. Lucky him. Yeah. But the guy that did let them test drive it. The the guy that was in the military saw them and said that Dylan or one of them had a tattoo of the word ambition on his wrist. Okay. Criminals out there, anybody listening? If you have a distinctive tattoo like I do on your wrist, cover the bitch up before you go commit a murder. Quit giving them tips, Joni. <laughs> well, I mean, what kind of a dumb ass? A, a dope head. A dope head. Yeah, I guess so. Jesus. I mean, just. And it's overconfident. What? Yeah. Like wear wigs and some shades and shit. Like. I just don't understand. Like, criminals are so stupid. Yeah. They just are dumb. Or don't meet your victim right? prior to the Right, and crime. if you're going to steal a truck, just steal the truck. You could throw him out. And then when yeah. you got caught, it would only be for Grand Theft Auto and not fucking first-degree mm-hmm. murder. But anyway, I think that they, I mean, I know it says they needed the truck. I think they just wanted to murder somebody. I'll be real honest. And that was just their outlet for it. Yeah, exactly. And if they got a truck, they got a truck. Exactly. Right, exactly. That was just a perk. Yeah. They, you know, walked out and Tim Bosma went with both of them to this test drive. And so Charlene didn't worry about it until it was like an hour later. And she knew that Tim had charged his telephone because he came home and charged the phone in case, you know, because they had an appointment set up for somebody to come test drive this truck. Yeah. So when she called him, it had been about an hour. It went straight to voicemail. 
And she was like, no, 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 no. Like, I watched him charge the phone. Yeah, he's not going to just turn it off. Right, because he knows I'm going to be worried about him. What the hell's going on? So she pretty much immediately called the cops. Yeah. And so they came down and took a missing persons report, unlike the Toronto police, mind you. And immediately they called their friends and they had like search parties the next day. Like, wow. Yeah, they were serious. And they had a BPB out on the truck, I assume. APB. Yeah. Bolo. Yeah. Yeah. But then Dylan and Mark had actually changed the tag as soon as they had gotten the truck. There's surveillance video showing where it's the Dodge, Tim Bosma's Dodge. Yeah. With a different plate on it, carrying a trailer with a piece of equipment on it. And then in the back, it was Mark Smith driving the vehicle they had driven, but parked out of sight. Mm. And so then they they didn't find the uh, video till days later, mind you. But anyway, so that night and the morning after, they did this search, and she did a uh, Charlene did a press conference, and everybody was kind of wondering, like, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, well, did she do something to him? Yeah, because you always suspect the right, spouse. Right, exactly. And so she goes to do this press conference, and she looks haggard. I feel so bad for her. Mm. Like, she, you can tell she has not slept, and she just threw her hair up, and she's, like, gaunt and white and just yeah, exhausted. Yeah. And she's going to this press conference. She's trying to hold it together. And she said, you know, we love him. Whoever has him, you need to bring him back. And then at the very end, she's like, she, you know, she's just trying to say whatever will get him back yeah. to her. And she says... As she's breaking down, it's just a truck. Mm. And she repeats that like three times. It's just a truck as she's like starting to cry. So then all the cops are like, okay, she didn't, she didn't do anything. Yeah. Like she's legitimately either the best actress who's ever existed. And she's like, it's just a fucking truck. Take the truck. And she said, even, you know, drop him off at a police station or drop him off anywhere and call and tell us where he's at. Like she was giving them outs, you know, and she did keep the truck. It's just a truck. Fuck the truck. Right, right, essentially. So then that day at Millard Air, all of the employees get a text message not to come to work. What? Yeah, so all the employees get a text message saying, do not come to the hangar today. And it gives some reason, some stupid reason. I couldn't find exactly the, the text message that was yeah, sent. Yeah, we're, we're having a something. Right, yeah. And, and it was said, like, specifically, do not come to the hangar for any reason today. So then the next day, this... I'm not even using my notes at all. Oh, well. <laughs> so <laughs> That's the next how you know day, you know it good. Very true. So the next day, all the employees come back. And one of the employees walk in and they see this black Dodge 3500 sitting there. And mind you, it's been on the news. You're kidding. No. You're kidding. And the plate is gone off the back of it. But the employees like, oh my God, this is the truck I've seen on the news. Yeah. This is absolutely a truck I've seen on the news. So... That day or the day after, he takes a picture of the VIN number, and he calls Crime Stoppers. Nice. And he says, "I, I now need who you does to, this? One of the employees. Okay. Uh, Shane, hold up, I'll find his last name. Shane Schlatman. Shane Schlatman. Schlatman. Yes. Schlatman. Yes. He calls Crime Stoppers and says, uh, "I need you to run this VIN. I think this may be the stolen truck from yeah. Tim Bosman." And so they run it, and it is. It absolutely is that truck. But for some reason, he still waits a day. To call and tell the police, but they are interviewing him and they say, why, you know, why did you wait? And he said, I'll be honest with you. I was terrified. If he 
killed this man for a truck. Yeah. What is he going to do to my family? So yeah, I, and I he's actually it. got money and power. Right, right. And this guy works for him. That's the way he takes care of his family. Yeah. So not only would he be putting his family in danger that way, he wouldn't have a job to feed them either. So I get it. Yeah. And a if bit, this didn't I get it. pan out, which right, it it could very well not pan out all the time. Clearly, he's gotten away with it two times prior. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I, I I understand his misgivings, but then I you know you kind of have to look at it the other way. What if it was your family that had that had sold the truck? Yeah, but how often do people you know no good deed goes unpunished? You know what I true. mean? True. Yeah, that's very true. And but obviously, anyway, this he guy, did the right thing. It just took him a day. Yeah, okay. and obviously this guy he's working at an airline. Right, and I'm it's pretty probably sure, taken a while. You know, to get to that point, right, maybe right, right, he's right. had a harder time. You know. And and I'm pretty sure that everyone, pretty sure that everyone there knew that a lot of illegal shit was going down at this hangar. Yeah. So then what is he going to be culpable for then after? You and know? not just that, like if you've worked there for a couple years and you've seen illegal shit go down, obviously nothing happened there. Obviously right. this is a little bit more, it's right. murdering on the news, right. but still. Right, right, right. You would still there's wonder. There's misgivings. There's a lot of, of things that would go through your mind. I mean, I, yeah. I'll give him that. I feel it too. And if you want to take care of your family, then, I mean, I get it. So... On May the 7th, Hamilton police released a statement declaring that Tim Bosma is officially missing. Like, yeah, what's going on? So that was um, not just a mistake. Right, right. Not he left his wife or anything like that. Yeah. And it was a 2007 Dodge Ram 3500. So May the 9th, Bosma's wife, Charlene, gives another public press conference pleading for his return. And May the 10th, 2013, the police announced that they have located Bosma's cell phone while searching an industrial area in Brantford and release updated descriptions of the two suspects. And they issue a statement regarding Tim Bosna's disappearance. Okay, so on May the 10th, Charlene said that she had her cell phone and that in her cell phone, Tim's cell phone is saved as Tim. Uh-huh. And so she's still thinking, like, she was telling the um, the show I was watching, like, she had discussed with her father or her stepfather and her mother, like, I know when Tim comes back, like he might be in bad shape. He might not have eaten in several days. Yeah. He may be beaten. We may be looking at lots of time in the hospital. Like that mm-hmm. was as far as her mind was letting her go at that time. Oh, yeah. And then she gets a phone call. Because there's still hope. Right. And she said, I just was not going to fathom that he, anything else. He yeah. may be hurt. And that's all I was Because also go your to. mind's thinking, it's a truck. Right, right. Who's going to kill somebody for a fucking truck? Right. Yeah. Maybe kidnap him. Right. And get, him get lost, some ransom d- or something. Dis- discombobulated. Right, right. And make sure that he doesn't, you know, remember who you are or whatever. Yeah. Right. Then she's sitting there on May the 10th and the phone rings and it says Tim. His cell phone. Yes. So she is thinking, uh, oh, thank God. Here he is. You know, we're going to go get him. They've dropped him off. Like, good. Some things are going to be resolved. Right. Like, this is about, she said, I believe I'm about to get my life back. When she answered the phone, clearly it wasn't Tim. She said, you know, who is this? Why do you have his cell phone? And he said, oh, well, it was on the side of the roadway. Fuck. And I turned it on. And I guess maybe she saved in there as wife. So that's who he called. Damn. Right. So she's like, oh, shit. Or home or something. Right. Right. Exactly. So that's where he called to see whose cell phone this was laying on the side of the road. And clearly, instead of dead, it was just turned off. He turned it back on and it had battery and he called Charlene. So she was right. It wasn't dead, which I thought was interesting. Little point. On May the 11th, after the co-workers calling Crime Stoppers and saying this is a truck and this is where the truck is the day after. Yeah. They go to the hangar. 
the police. And on May the 11th, 2013, police arrest and charge Della Millard, 27, with forcible confinement and theft over $5,000 late Saturday morning because they don't have a body. Yeah. So they couldn't charge him with murder because Tim may just be wandering around somewhere. I mean, you know, yeah. they couldn't prove he well, was dead. Gonna, but they got to get him in to find out. Exactly. Right. So they charge him with the theft of the car and forcible confinement, keeping Tim in the car while mm-hmm. they stole it. Yeah. And so then Charlene and he's gets, got enough money to where he will have a lawyer be able to tell him if they didn't charge him with something, they could right. only hold him for a certain amount exactly. of time. Exactly. And then and they may not nothing. be able to charge him with murder then yeah. again. Right. Yeah. Then this gives Charlene hope again because she's thinking okay well they've got the guy then they're going to tell them where tim is and we're going to go get him yeah they're going to break him and then he's going to confess to everything right and then everything will be fine like she said i'll have my life back this time tomorrow Mm. so she said she waits and waits and that is not the case so may the 14th 2013 hamilton police chief hamilton police chief glenn decare says officers have discovered what they believe to be Bosma's remains. Fuck. The remains appear to have been incinerated. So no shit. Let me tell you. So a few, mm, like 11 months back, Dylan Millard asked one of his coworkers, I believe it was the Shane Slapman guy, actually, to build him an incinerator out of three, I think they said 50-gallon drums. Shane builds it, you know, welds the three 50-gallon drums together, and when Millard goes to use it, it explodes. So that didn't work. And this happened to be right before Laura Babcock's disappearance. He goes and spends, I believe they said $15,000 on an incinerator for like livestock. It's called the exterminator. It's black and it has the exterminator written on the side of it in red. Wow. And that. Real subtle. Right. And that is the machine they saw being towed on the back of the no truck that night. Shit. Right. But when they go to the hangar, someone had in the someone in the police in Toronto had given him a hint that they were coming to the hangar. So he got that the hell out of Dodge, although he didn't get the Dodge the hell out of Dodge, which I thought was interesting. But anyway, he got the incinerator out of there. Wow. So they didn't have proof. So they started searching his vast property. So when the cops get to his property. Heads rolled from that. Oh, 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 I'm sure if they could find out who did it. And I'm sure I hope they did. Just phone records. True. Yeah. Text message, anything like that. When they get to his residence in air, it's like several, it's like a hundred acres or something. The next door neighbor that also, it, you know, their property butted up to his, had several hundred acres or whatever too. And he's riding his ATV. Ooh. So they like flag him down and be like, hey, come here. Have you seen anything out of the ordinary on the Millard residence lately? He's like, actually, yeah. He's come like, over here and I'll. Yeah, I've been yeah. calling you assholes for years. Right. He's like, come over down here and I'll show you what I found. Like, sweet, let's ride. So they go down and in this clearing, on a trailer, there is this, the exterminator. And he said, it's this thing. They brought it here yesterday, day before, whatever it was. And it's been sitting here ever since. So with their search warrant, they grabbed the exterminator. And when they looked in the bottom of it. Fuck. There was, and I mean, just little bitty bits. Oh, yeah. It's just, it could fit in one of those, you know, those toolboxes that have just the little squares in them for like. Bits and stuff. Yes. That's what he fit in. And see, that's the thing. When you don't think about it, but my girlfriend recently, uh, her mother passed, mm-hmm. and um, they did cre- cremation. Yeah. And there are still, be- like, like that fire, there's still right. You can't totally get rid of, right. Like, you just can't. Right. And, well, they found when they searched uh, Della Millard's cell phone records, right before this, he did a Google search on 
what temperature do you cremate at? And then when they that night when they stole the truck with the trailer and the exterminator on the back of it, CCTV shows them driving it to somewhere. And then a few minutes later, you see this. It looks like an explosion, but it's just like white hot. You can find this on YouTube as well. The CCTV footage. You see like a white hot flame. It burns all night long. Damn. The night that he went missing. So he was dead that night and incinerated. Damn, that's fucked up. Yeah. So when they went to tell Charlene, they knocked on the door or whatever and said, you know, we found him, his remains. He's not alive. She said that the detective said, well, there's more. His body has been burned to where it is unrecognizable. And he couldn't tell her any further. Yeah, like because that was it's still an he, ongoing case. Right. Which I found odd. But there the are laws part. now, not law, well, it's protocol to right, where right, you right. have to inform them because in the past, members of families have found out from press before. Yeah. Well, listen to how she found out. Oh, God. When they went to trial. What? When they went to trial, she found out how he was killed. Why wouldn't you let her know beforehand so she's not or hit like, with this in the middle of public? Sometimes that could be uh, prosecutors yeah. being like, we want the full reaction for the jury. You yeah, know what I mean? But God, I mean, that's, that's fucked torture. up and that's not okay. But. No. I mean, I get that because it could help convict him. Yeah. But, but good God damn, Lord, dude. man. Mm. The day after, May 12th, May 11th, they arrest him. Or just Millard, mind you. And then May 12th, Bosma's mother makes a public plea for her son's return. Uh. And Bosma's truck is found at Kleinberg, Ontario. Oh, I'm sorry. I totally, totally messed messed this up. So apparently he did get the truck out of the hangar before they got there. Oh. And he put it at his mother's house. I totally messed that up. I'm sorry. Wow. So he brought her into this. Yes. The home of Madeline Millard, suspect Della Millard's mother. So May the 12th, they find the truck at his mother's house. And May the 14th, Hamilton Police Chief Glenn DeClaire... Care, I'm sorry, says officers have discovered what they believe are Bosma's remains and they've been incinerated. And Hamilton Police Staff Sergeant Matt Cavanaugh says Millard will be charged with first degree murder. He also reveals that Bosma was targeted and likely dis- died soon after his disappearance. May the 15th, Millard is formally, formally charged with first degree murder and ordered detained until a bail hearing can be arranged, which is proper. Pro- I mean, that's what yeah. they do for everybody and will appear again by video remand. On June 13th. Then May the 16th, that's when Hamilton police find that incinerator on a large plot of land in Air, Ontario, owned by Della Millard. I told you the story about the ATV and all of that. One of the stories he told about needing the exterminator is because his him and his uncle were going to go in together to buy this incinerator for... Rodents and stuff? And cattle. Like for burning cattle. Which they spoke to his uncle about it. He was like... That has never been discussed. That is a total lie. I would never go into business with him anyway, no matter what. He's a but this is Yeah, but this is clearly just a, a reaching lie. Also, leave me out of this. Right, exactly. Leave me out of where you burned three people or two people but in you this know what? incinerator. If he had just gotten rid of the Ford, uh, the, 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 the Dodge, the Dodge mm-hmm. he would have gotten away with it probably, yeah. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Why do you? That's stupid. Right. And then it's really suspicious to tell all your employees to stay away from work that day. But then not move the truck so they can see it then the next day when they come into work. He's not believe, a good criminal. <laughs> no, well, I believe that he had gotten away with so much for so long he felt yeah, invincible. Yeah, which is usually where they get. Right. On May the 21st, 2013, Deepak 
Perdkar, which was Dellen Millard's lawyer, says media reports based on alleged police leaks are turning public opinion against his client. Various media outlets claim that Toronto police have reopened the investigation into Millard's father's apparent suicide. There also were reports that Toronto police are investigating a connection between Millard and Laura Babcock, a Toronto woman that went missing in 2012. I'm going to talk about Laura Babcock for just a minute. She was a, everyone said, kind of a friends with benefits with Dylan. And he would keep her around for sex, it sounded like. And she was having some mental health issues. And part of the time she was homeless and sometimes she was prostituting for money. And her ex-boyfriend, I can't remember his name right now, but when she went missing, he went to the police in Toronto and said, look, he had already taken her phone records. And the last day before she disappeared, the only person she spoke to was Della Millard. And she called him several times. And the cops literally said, she's an adult. She can go missing if she wants to. And I feel like, and I could be wrong, I'm just totally guessing on this, but she was a you know, into prostitution. Yeah. The less dead. Yeah. They don't really care about them sometimes as much as they do like someone with a lot of money. And if it was prosecuting someone with a lot of money because of a prostitute that had some mental health issues and maybe some drug issues. Yeah. I feel like that had a lot to do with it, which is total horseshit. The boyfriend had paid for her or the ex-boyfriend, I'm sorry, the one that went to the cops had paid for her a hotel room. And given her an iPad, it happened to be that the iPad's name had changed from Laura's iPad to Mark's iPad. Wow. And it was Mark Smidge. Then he did that, uploaded that rap about killing a woman and throwing her phone in the river. <sighs> they still didn't investigate this at all. They didn't investigate it until after Tim Bosma had been killed. It begs the question, if they would have investigated Laura Babcock's murder... Tim Bosma might be alive right now. But see, adults can't go missing. You're not... But you can still put a bolo out for them. You can still investigate. Yeah, that's what you I'm saying. You can still do that, yes. Like, there are too many things now. That's that's not a thing you can say anymore. Yeah. Like, back in the 80s, oh, that kid ran away. Right, 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 right. Like, you can't say that anymore. No, and I just... Like, if this was... If this date on this case was, like... 90s, right. I believe it. It would have been a different story. You yeah. can't do that anymore. You're not supposed to. That's human trafficking. That's how human trafficking works. Very true. Works. And she was a very pretty girl. She was very yeah. attractive. And, you know, people that are having mental health problems, a lot of them start in your early to mid-20s. Mm -hmm. You know, where the, you're not going to see signs of them before that, like schizophrenia or whatever. Yeah. They should know that. If I know that, I feel like they should know no, that. they do know that. And so it just, Period. I feel like the only reason they didn't do anything is because of who the person was that they were saying could have murdered her. Yeah. So shame on the Toronto police. And then, then what really pisses me off is when they ask him about it now, they're like, no, 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 we followed protocol. I fucking hope you didn't. Because yeah. if that's your protocol, don't go to Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's a major city. That's like saying, it is. I yeah. went to New York or California right. or Texas. Right, right, right. Yeah. Toronto. New York if you, City or something. If you ask anyone. LA. Okay, what's a city in Canada? They'll say Toronto. Exactly, exactly. Everyone, I feel like, knows that Yeah, city. it's a major right. city. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. It just blows my, and when, especially when law enforcement can't say, we were wrong. We shouldn't have done that. We were wrong. We treated it wrong. Yeah. We should have paid attention. Then you wonder, like, you know, what the hell? Yeah. 
you do, I, it makes me not even want to go there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because if they can't admit when they've done something wrong. I mean, all the stuff that we've done, it makes me not want to go to Texas because I'm like, I don't want to even be within earshot of a murder. Right. <laughs> you know what well, I mean? Louisiana is the same way, by the way. Oh, good. Thanks for telling me that. Oh, yeah. I forgot. I'm going I, back, ass. That's funny. Well, don't be around anybody murdering anybody. You'll no. go to. Or at least I'll kill them to all make it worth it. Right. May the 22nd, 2013, hundreds gather at a memorial service for Tim Bosma. Charlene says her husband was a storyteller whose embellishments would grow with each tale and a doting father to their two-year-old daughter. Minutes after the memorial service for Bosma, Hamilton police confirm they have arrested a second suspect. Mark Smitch, 25, is scheduled to appear in court the next day to face first-degree murder charges. So the next day, May the 23rd, Smitch is formally charged with first-degree murder. The suspect's lawyer says his clients will plead not guilty. And Smitch is remanded into custody until his next court appearance, which is going to be on June the 13th. May the 28th, Toronto Police homicide investigators confirmed to Global News they've received a search warrant for Dellen Millard's farm in Air, Ontario. But the police would not confirm which homicide they're going to be investigating for that warrant. June the 13th, Dellen Millard and Mark Smitch have their case held over until August. The two men in orange jumpsuits said little during separate appearances via video in a Hamilton courtroom. On September the 9th, 2013, Toronto Police with assistance of Hamilton police, returned to the Waterloo area farm owned by Della Millard, and they are beginning to investigate the disappearance of Laura Babcock. And she disappeared in July 2012. April the 10th, 2014, 21-year-old Christina Nudga is charged with accessory after the fact to murder in connection with the death of Tim Bosma. Millard, while he was in jail, was smuggling out letters to his girlfriend, literally telling her exactly what to say. If you really love me, show me. And not only did he do this with Tim Bosma, he also did it with the Laura Babcock situation because the girlfriend had texted Laura and pretty much threatened her life. Then Tim had said, well, I will take care of the situation. He bought the uh, exterminator right before, you know, her disappearance. Yeah, yeah. So then he messages, they looked on the text messages from Mark Smith and Della Millard and Dylan text messaged Mark. I finally got the incinerator. Like you have to do, you have to let it like warm up and heat and everything when you get it to begin with. Yeah, like and then it's ready. Right. And then it's ready for your first whatever. Yeah. And so he said it, you know, it's ready. He said, barbecue is ready. Now all we need is meat. So they were talking in code. Right. But clearly they're talking about Laura. Shit code. Right. Right. Exactly. Code that anybody could fucking break. And then he said, oh, it was just crazy shit. I can't remember now the other text message, but it was just blatant what they were talking about yeah you know and then mark smith does that rap about finding a cell phone in the or that you would find a dead girl cell phone in the lake jesus christ yeah so in on rather july 16th 2014 in a rare move the attorney general's office agreed to request agreed to a request made by the crown to have Della millard and mark smith skip a preliminary trial i don't know why but that's kind of interesting so January the 26th, 2016, seven men and seven women have been selected to jury with two alternates. February the 1st, 2016, the trial begins and expected to last for four months. February the 3rd, which two days after the trial begins, police officers testify at the trial and described a frantic search of a trailer found north of Toronto as they looked for Bosma. A testimony reveals Della Millard felt badly for the Bosma family following Tim Bosma's disappearance. 
it was a text message. He said he's something about, I feel bad for the family. Like, I'm sure that was really, really from the heart. Yeah. April the 21st of 2016, Marlene Mensis, a former girlfriend of Mark Smitch, testified that Millard was the one who shot and killed Bosma. She was a star witness for the Crown during the trial and said the two picked her up the morning after Bosma disappeared. May 11th, 2016, Mark Smitch testified that Millard fatally shot Tim Bosma and later disposed of his body in the animal incinerator. They both said the other one was the one that fatally shot and killed him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Honor amongst thieves. Exactly. May the 18th, 2016, the Crown alleges the botched truck robbery was what led to the death of Bosma, and it was motivated motivated by financial desperation. I think that is the shittiest excuse, because are we clear that Dylan Millard has got money? He owns a... Um Airport. <laughs> right. And he also owns a $15,000 incinerator he bought just to get rid of bodies of people that he murdered. Are mm. you kidding me right now? Does that sound somebody that's in financial desperation? It sounds like somebody really bad with money, but come on now. So June the 1st, 2016, closing arguments begin. And June the 13th, 2016, the jury was sequestered and de- deliberation is beginning. So, on June the 17th, 2016, Millard and Smitch are found guilty of first-degree murder in the killing of Tim Bosma. And then in December 2017, Millard and Smitch were also convicted of the murder of Laura Babcock, who was last seen alive July 2012. Her remains have never been recovered. They were both, again, sentenced to life in prison, and parole eligibility in both of the murder convictions would not... You couldn't be paroled until 25 years in. Mm. And I believe they ran them... Consecutive, yeah, yeah, consecutively, where it would be 50 years at least. Then on November the 29th, oh, I'm sorry, on November 29th, 2012, going back, Dylan Millard's father, Wayne Millard, was found dead with a gunshot through his left eye. And it was initially ruled as a suicide. But after Tim Bosma and Laura Babcock, they reopened it up and also charged Dylan Millard with his father's murder as well. Wow. Because his father, it came about, you know, after investigating, he was very pissed that Della Millard was just running his company that him and his father built to millions. He's running it under the ground. Yeah. The air, the airplane hangar that was supposed to be there, you know, so they could work on aircraft for other people and make money. Mm. Never saw one, not one. Wow. So his father was about to like cut him off. So he killed him. And if you look at, I just, while you were saying all that, yeah. I Googled him. Mm-hmm. He looks like a spoiled little fucking brat. He does. And which I was very, very, I don't know, intrigued. Every picture I found of him, he looks totally different. Like one of them, he's got like a red mohawk. Yeah. And you could And then one of them, he looks like he doesn't have any teeth. He's like. And then one, he has like long, shaggy hair. Yeah, and like wears blonde. A, uh, like a fedora. Yes, exactly. He looks, he could look the most different of anybody I've ever seen in my life. But he was, he was an attractive looking guy though. Yeah, to begin with. Yeah, he was. Which is probably didn't help any of it. No, I believe that probably hurt it a lot actually. Mm-hmm. As far as like Laura Babcock goes, like apparently she had tried to not speak with him and not like hang out with him and all, but he would always end up calling her back and then they would have sex. But he also had a girlfriend, the same one. Yeah. The Christina Nuga, I believe. I mean, it's a bad conversation. Combination. He's a attractive yeah. looking guy. He has tons of money. Yep. It's hard to say no to somebody like right. that. Right. And then they had gone together, him and Laura, to a party for like Halloween or whatever. And so the next year, and Christina Nuga had come as well. So the next year on that day, Christina Nuga texted her and was like, a year ago today, he left with Christina. 
and had they had sex that oh. night. So then Laura texts her back and says, that's fine. I had sex with him three days ago. <laughs> so it was like a, an ongoing competition between the two girls. Mm. And I'm sure he picked girls with lots of high self-esteem. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I just think the authorities dropped the ball on this one. Yeah. And thank God the Hamilton police... And also with his Didn't. dad's, his dad's fucking suicide. That that's really bad. Yeah, forensics. I would love to know what his mother has to say about it because you know she hid the truck for him. So I wonder what she has to say about his dad's murder. I don't know. But this mm. this one just was one of the cases that just blew me away. Because suicides are easy. I mean, you know, right. yeah. Because there's an amount of tension, right? When you die, right. there's a, you know there's yeah. You can tell, like, blood spatter analysis. Yeah. The the expression on your face, yeah. if it's still, you know, if you don't use a I shotgun mean, or whatever. But I mean, there's you can lots see if they're signs. surprised. Yeah. Because it all freezes that way. Yeah. And, it, I mean, Jesus Christ. That's just, that was He botched. may have been asleep, though, I guess. I don't know. But apparently he they even found who he bought the gun for. And, from, rather. And he said it was like a notorious Canadian arms dealer. So they don't even trace the gun? Nope, not until after. And then they did. A long time and after. Then, right. Yeah, years. And then, or a year or two, they showed a text message he sent to the arms dealer, is it clean? And he said, yeah, she's clean. He's like, well, she's about to be a dirty girl. You know, saying, had, yeah. had, it, be, had it been used in a murder previously. Yeah. Wow. And if the Toronto police would have just pulled his phone records, it's all right there. Or done any investigation. Yeah. They had his name. Like, they, they were, Laura Babcock's ex-boyfriend gave... Yeah. Him to them on yeah. a silver platter. And, and like, they didn't Meh. take it. Yeah. And they're, then they're, what gets me is they have a press conference saying we did everything per protocol. Just say you were wrong. Everybody no, messes I up, mean, you know? But, but uh, government officials never do that. Some of them do. I mean, it's very rarely, but some of them do. I've never seen a case where uh, within a, pre- a precinct, yeah. They do. Well, there was, I watched The Fifth Estate last night uh-huh. on the wrongfully convicted, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he was wrongfully convicted of killing and molesting his niece. And the medical examiner that literally, like, was their star witness saying that she was been sodomized lots and lots and she's been being abused for a long time. Yeah. And then this man killed her. He got up on the stand and cried and told him he was sorry and he was wrong. But then there was another medical examiner who also backed him up that they found that was saying, no, everything I said was right. No, I was right. They're wrong. So 15 other people. Yes, they're wrong. I was right. Everything I said was right as he walked in the door. So, I mean, you get. Yeah, but also once you get people who are like there, there's also this thing. And this will be the last thing I say about it. Like with cults, when you look and study cults, the ones who stay till the very end. Yeah. And it's a big issue with Scientology and everything is people who are like geniuses. They're rarely wrong. So you can never convince them they're wrong. True. Yeah. True. true. Like in cults, it's the ones that stay till the juice. Right. 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 Are the are the ones who have like they're rocket scientists. and Yeah. Well, I I don't know. This doesn't have anything to do with anything. And try arguing with a smart person when you know you're right. Like you're just like, oh, they're just not even listening. Yeah. No, and don't care. And a lot of the really, really book smart people have no like street smart or common sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of them do. Mind when you're you, being but, duped. Right. Yeah. And it's just, I just found that really interesting because they could tell you shit that you would never understand. Like, 
rocket science yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But then you go down the street and say they tried to buy drugs or something, they would get their head blown off yeah. because they don't know how to socialize or react with people or they don't have any street smart common sense yeah. sort of, which is you get, you need both. You need a little bit of both. Yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. You're walking down, say little five points. Yeah. A homeless guy accosts you. Right. Now, a lot of them, especially in little five points, they got a little show. Yeah. Oh, they course, know yeah. they're trying to earn your money. So exactly. they're going to do so and they're going to clean your windshield with a newspaper well, yeah. or whatever when you park. I mean, yeah. okay, so you want to not get robbed by them. You listen to the little show. You slip in three bucks. Yeah, exactly. And just it's, go on about your day. It's it's you rather or or listen watch their show, listen to their little bit and, and say, hey, I don't have anything. Right. You'll get to go. But right. I will tell you right now, when you just keep going, yeah. when you give them a hard time, when, when you, you when you when make you, them feel like you think you're better than them. Oh yeah. Yep. Oh no, that's when shit gets rough. Yeah. Like yep. you need just. Be- or if you like have conversation with them, like ask them direction somewhere. Yeah. They'll always tell you. Yeah. What's it honestly? What is it worth to you to not have a bad interaction? Right. Right. And usually those people. Are, you know, they've got a, a drug problem or whatever. And I promise you that can happen to anybody. Even you, you know, if you've got a lot of money, it, it can happen to you. So oh, you yeah. might want to have a little bit of respect and it even for need the to addiction, be you know, a, a drug addiction. I've known some homeless people in Atlanta that they never touched drugs till after they didn't have a place to stay. True. Yeah. And then it's like, well, why fucking not? Because I mean, if they came like in New York. Yeah. The cost of living is so high, it's very easy to become homeless. Oh, God, I'm sure. You don't have to have an issue. You just have to lose your job. Right. And I know some, like, veterans, they, you know, when they come back, they don't have a place, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, It could be anything. So, yeah, no. Or someone coming out of prison. It's not like they didn't have to kill anybody. They just had to. Make a mistake. A bad choice. Make a mistake that uh, implicated you in embezzling. Right. It's not even, like, prison isn't just for murderers. Oh, no. I I promise you, prisons are good, uh, uh, full of good people that have made bad decisions and got caught where we have maybe made bad decisions and didn't. So there's really, you know, not that much difference between that and in you. There's just not tying this all back in there by the grace of God. Go. I, yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't just because you're smart doesn't mean you're smart. Right. Right. No, it doesn't period. And this guy, and just because you have money doesn't mean you're smart. No. And sometimes when you have money, it, is going to handicap you like it did this guy. Like really he thought think, he could get away with everything. I really think if you, you shouldn't, you should give your kids less than you had growing up or not less than you had growing up, but not as much as you could give them. Right, right. You handicap them. True. Yeah. In some cases, that's absolutely correct. Like this, like in this case, it can make you a narcissist. Yes. And I swear that guy was a sociopath. Oh, I he mean, didn't have empathy. Like it, it can. I mean, if you think you're better than people, right. you won't see or people, than everybody. You won't see people as people. And I feel like I feel like the guy was smart. Della Millard was a smart guy. And I feel like he <laughs> thought he was smarter than all the authorities. And because he got given leeway because of his money or whatever reason it actually was. Yeah. They made him believe that he could get away with whatever the hell he wanted. And so. Therefore, he, he killed did. three people. I mean, yeah. he did. He's technically a serial killer. If he had stayed, if he had stuck within that area, right? Yes, within Toronto. Yeah. And you're now, right. and now, imagine. Now, think about this. There's people like that all over the world. Yeah, you're right. That are just slightly smarter and yeah. will stay within their field of safety. Correct, and not go to Hamilton, yeah. where the police are going to get you for killing Tim Bosman. You're right. And That's scary as hell. Right. So needless to say, the the 
moral of this story, stay home, guys. Right. Don't go out. Don't sell your vehicle on the internet. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Or, and like we have said in several other episodes. Just go to CarMax. <laughs> oh, you're right. Or just don't worry about being polite. Say, you came too fucking late. No, you're not driving yeah. the car. Um, get out of my driveway. If you have to walk home, that's your own problem. Like one of my favorite podcasts says, um, fuck politeness. Yeah. What is it? What? No, I keep having making a murder stuck in my head. It's not that. My favorite murder. Oh, yeah. Fuck politeness. Well, yeah, because your gut's telling you something. Go with your gut. Yeah. Because when, when Tim Bosman asked his wife, should I go ahead and go, clearly he was having, he thought maybe that he shouldn't. There was a hesitation. Yes. Yeah, and he wanted somebody to validate that one way or the other. Yeah. And I know she just feels awful about that now. They had a baby. Yeah. That's fucking sad. And they asked her um, in the, the show or whatever, don't you wonder what if? And Don't she asked me that. Fuck you. She said, wondering what if doesn't make my situation anything other than what it is. It's not going to bring him back. So, no, I don't wonder what if the Toronto police would have done their job and arrested him to begin with. <laughs> I Because I'm not going to live in a world of what ifs. I'm living <sighs> in what is, you know. Yeah. Which, you know, could, you, I feel horrible for her, but it seems like yeah. she's doing okay. She said she never thought that she would actually be happy ever again. So what happened? Did they give him... Oh, they were convicted. Okay, but he didn't get the... Well, I guess... They Canada. don't have the death penalty, I don't believe. Yeah, thanks, Canada. So he was convicted of his father's murder as well. So I, I don't remember his sentence on that one. But with Tim Bosma and Laura Babcock, he got life with a minimum of 25 years before he gets paroled. And what about his little So did minion. Mark Smitch. Okay. Same thing, yeah. And I think his girlfriend actually ended up testifying against him. I don't remember. From um, what the Google search kind of came yeah. up. Well, I know that she got convicted... Uh, Sorry, indicted. I don't know if she was convicted on anything because it was like accessory after the fact of murder. Oh, and so I believe it was ass. both of those. Yes, which would have been a good idea. So, but he was using her like a, you know. Yeah. And she looks a lot younger than him. Yeah, he does. He looks, I, and I guess it's the drug use because he's my age. I really? feel like he looks way older than wow. me. And Mark Smitch is uh, three years younger than me. Hmm. He looks younger than Della Millard, too, actually. But his girlfriend looks like 13. Yeah. Like he also um, told his girlfriend to tell that Laura Babcock um, overdosed at Mark Smitch's house, and he wasn't even over there. So he's throwing his friend under the bus. Hmm. Well, guys. That was Tim Bosma, <laughs> Laura Babcock, and Wayne Millard. That was you. Yes, it was. Well, guys, until next time. We'll see you later. Yeah, this is Crime Crack. Come get your fix. <laughs> Bye. Boy. <laughs> <laughs>